following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we live in a world that seems to constantly be spinning on a strange axis. So that we, we now pray as we walk through this life, we would see you with us. In your Son, Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about all of you, but I know there have been points in my life, and let me specify, specify this. When I was younger, that we would be going on a hike with the family, and it would be great, it would be beautiful, and then I would be done with it. Have you ever experienced that done with it moment in the middle of a hike or a walk? I remember clearly, we were hiking at Mount Lutzen, which can only be in Minnesota. It is on the north shore of Lake Superior. My recommendation to everyone here, this is the second week of beautiful Minnesota showing up in a sermon, but if you get a chance, the north shore of Lake Superior is just a beautiful place to go. But I was probably 10 or 12 at the time, and we had hiked around Mount Lutzen, and I thought, you know what would be better than this? Anything else. And so we're walking, and we're going, and my dad starts feeling that. Because we're starting to get whiny, right, Matt? There we go. Matt's my brother. There we go. There's that connection if you're new with us this morning. So Matt and I are hiking. My sister is the golden child. She's fine, I'm sure. But we're starting to, you know, when are we going to be back to the car? And dad, in his brilliance, as usual, invents a song. And it went like this. Heel and a toe and a heel and a toe and a walk, walk, walk. Heel and a toe and a heel and a toe and a walk, walk, walk. And there, walking through the forest with my dad. Walking through the forest with my dad, yeehaw! Walking through the forest with my dad. When we get to the car, we'll be glad. There was the rhyme. He started it then. I am 35. That's in my brain. And you know what happened? We were glad when we made it to the car. He took our mind off of what was right around us. And let me tell you, he shouldn't have had to have. It was beautiful. This is a northern Minnesota forest in the summer. It's got a cool breeze happening. It was great, but we needed that little distraction. Now, I don't know about the last time you went for a long walk like that, but my last time, we just took a crew of kids to National Youth Gathering. So this was our crew at National Youth Gathering. We got to get a picture with Becky. She was serving, and uh, you can see flat Matt there. Um, Matt has, our, our church body does this every three years. Matt has never been to a youth gathering. So we said, we'll take him with us. So we made a big, fat, flat Matt head. And uh, what was really a lot of fun uh, was one night, Matty Wright was carrying Matt, and we were like, okay, you guys go ahead 
And so here's this crowd of 20,000 children, and all I can see is Matt's head zigzagging through the people. But we had a lot of fun. Now, part of youth gathering, now blessings on this one because everything was a little bit closer together, but part of youth gathering is you walk wherever you go. So every day, this was the route we walked. So the red dot in the top left there, that is the Hyatt Place downtown. That's our hotel. Now listen, we were living the blessed life. Our hotel was close. It was under a mile away from everything. Now what's interesting is this is what we would do. In the mornings, we would walk down and go to the Marriott Marquis there. And at the Marriott Marquis, we'd have Bible study in the morning. Then we'd cross over an, a bridge into the convention center, which is about 2,000 miles long. And the problem was you would have to walk from one end to the other. So while this shows the whole route was one point something miles, 1.3 miles, we would walk then over to Minute Maid, and then we'd walk home at night. But the thing is, we're walking around inside of everything. My watch was getting us up to four and five miles every day. And it was, you know, 200,000 degrees outside in Houston. And we walked everywhere. But let me tell you something about walking. When you walk places, something happens, which is you're not zooming past everything at 30 miles an hour. So there's a lot of good things that happen. Listen, I grew up as a kid. Minute Maid is my second home. We are Astros fans to the core. I thought I knew the area around the stadium, and I was discovering things every day because we were walking down there. There were restaurants I had heard of growing up that I was like, oh, that's where that is. There were different places that, that was like, it was just exciting to discover because we were walking. I got a chance to dive in deeper in relationship with all our kids and with Jane as we walked because you talk as you walk. You know, maybe you talk in the car, sure, but if you're not driving, you're usually asleep. And so we had this chance to, to dive into relationship together. That was a good. Now also, there was some bad about walking. And one of the bad things was on our route down Texas every morning was like by this one hotel there were holes. Now, I, they weren't huge holes, but they were like missing great covers. And luckily, we missed those great covers because that would be an easy, quick trip to the hospital because it would have taken you down to your ankle and then you're just eating it forward onto the sidewalk. Right? So you've got this bad of, of what's going on. And then there was some ugly as we walked. Now, I want you to hear me as I say this. The ugly was there were a lot of folks who were homeless. And what I mean by that is not, oh, look at those homeless people. But it was this reminder of the human condition in front of us at all times. 
that as we walked, we couldn't just look past it. In fact, there was one night where we had walked past it and then we heard it. That people started yelling at each other. And there was this reminder that the world around us, no matter how much we may try and push it to the side or forget it, was still there. And it was a brilliant week. And we walked everywhere. And it was great. And I definitely wore the wrong pair of shoes the first night and didn't listen to my own safety briefing that said, this is what a forming blister feels like. If you have a forming blister, I have stuff to help you. And I thought, I don't need that stuff. Wrong. So I walked with a blister about the size of Massachusetts on my foot that week. But I still look back and go, but it was really good to spend that time walking together. As we look at our lives, as we walk through our lives, there's not really a choice for us to speed past everything, right? Wouldn't that be great if we could just fast forward our lives a little bit into the future to skip some things? But no, we walk through it all. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And right now, the bad and the ugly seems to be cropping up its head left and right. We actually wanted to slow down. We changed up some of our sermon series because we said we want to slow down for a minute. That we're going to dive into some other things together. We're going to get back to some other things. But we wanted to slow down for four weeks. And remember that as we walk in this life, Jesus is walking everywhere with us. Through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Think about His walks, right? I think about what Jesus fit into three years of ministry, right? I look and go, three years of ministry for us right now at this church would have been the start of 2022 or 2020, right? We're starting to kind of 2019 into 2020. How's that looking? And I think, man, that feels like yesterday that came by so fast. How did Jesus do so much in that amount of time? And then I remember he walked everywhere. When you walk places with people, you talk places with people. As you are going to those places, you're having conversations over and over again. And we see Jesus having those with the disciples. And in fact, we see sometimes he's so fed up of people, he goes, I'm going to retreat for a second. Y'all are a little too much. But as he goes, he's having these conversations with people. But you also think, there's this important point in the, the story of Holy Week where Jesus kneels down and he washes the feet of his disciples, which just in general feels weird. But I think about, you know, I've got my tennis shoes on. I'm either in, you know, tennis shoes or chacos most of the time, not wearing tacos on my feet. Usually, you know, those two things. But I think about how much of where I walk is paved. 
here are these people walking dirt roads with animals who are walking with them. So when you show up somewhere, you wash your feet because your feet are dirty. That as you walk, what is around you is accumulating on your feet. And Jesus saw it all as he walked. He saw the Pharisees. He saw his disciples. He saw the people who were in need of healing. And still, he walked with them. As we're walking right now, I want you to think about a few questions. What's the good in your life right now? What are the good things as you walk through this life? What are those things that it's easy to be thankful for? What are those things that are the bad? The struggles? The frustrations? They could be simple. For me right now, in my house, they put in the cheapest outlets known to man. So about once every six months, I have an outlet that decides to just quit. And it doesn't just quit. It is a fiery, joyous occasion of ending. Which means i got to figure out which circuit that is on. i got to pull it out. I now have a 10-pack of outlets at my house prepared to replace outlets. Listen, that's not horrible. Like, my life isn't bad, but that's frustrating. It's an outlet. It's just supposed to work. Right? Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's something a little deeper. It's, it's relational. It's figuring things out with people at home or at work, at school. I mean, what are those things in your life that just feel ugly? How often are we turning on screens right now and finding out that more violence is happening instead of less? How often are we praying for things that should be unthinkable? Are there people in our lives who are suffering in ways that break us? As we walk through this life, we're going to have the good, we're going to have the bad, we're going to have the ugly. Sometimes our goal is to try and say, I only want the good. That's just unrealistic. But what I want to share with you this morning is that in the midst of all of those things, Jesus walks with us. We talked about this last week. I don't feel bad preaching almost the same sermon two weeks in a row because I think we need to hear it. Jesus walks with us. Let's take a look at our scripture from today. First, from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah writes this, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. So this is a verse we often read around Christmas. This is the prophecy of the Messiah who is to come. 
and of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. That doesn't say there will be ah, a little bit, we'll get there. Or maybe, you know, if you get it, it'll run out. No, it says of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And I love that the way Isaiah says it is of his government and of peace. Because the government of Jesus is separate from everything else. Because we know that in this world, no matter how great we believe a government to be around the world, we know that it is not perfect and it doesn't have a peace that doesn't end. But the promise of Jesus is that He has a government and a peace that will not end. That he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Prince of Peace. And of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The passion of of God the Father does this. Now when you see that phrase, Lord of hosts, the, what you're seeing there in the Hebrew is Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. These are the armies of heaven, the passion of the creator, of the armies of heaven who could command the destruction of a creation that has fallen away. No, his zeal is not the destruction, but instead to institute a government under his son, where there is peace that passes understanding. That as we look at this world today, the one we have, our challenge is not to get myopic in our 80 years, right? It's easy for us to look and say, well, this world is spinning out of control. And it's, you know, it's never been like this. It's always been like this. The book of Ecclesiastes says there is nothing new under the sun. Our joy is that the Savior who comes establishes His government and His peace for us. Let's look at 1 John. 1 John 10 says this, 4.10, And this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. First of all, Alice killed propitiation this morning. Great job. Just nailed it. Propitiation is one of these words that I'm just like, why? Why, Bible translators? Could we use something besides propitiation? Because, listen, go to dictionary.com. I did. Propitiation. Noun. Something that is propitiating. Thank you, dictionary.com. That was helpful. So I took it back to the Greek. And in Greek, this word is helasmos. Propitiation is the atonement. The sacrifice. It is a noun. You see, he sent his son to be the sacrifice 
for our sins. Throughout Scripture, God has built this story that there will be sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. He first does it when the garden is closed to Adam and Eve. He says, listen, the snake is going to strike the heel of your offspring, but he will crush his head. The first messianic promise. But then throughout the Old Testament, we see moments where we find out about sacrifice. And what's crazy is every time people of the Lord think, oh, I'm going to have to give this thing away. And every time, He provides the sacrifice. Every time. Abraham and Isaac. Isaac is being led up to be sacrificed by his father, which is just like the weirdest part of Scripture, right? Like, God's like, you know what you should do for me? Kill your son. Okay. That seems out of place. But why does God do that? Because he provides the sacrifice. He knows what's coming. And he provides the propitiation in that moment. A lot of times people will ask, well, what's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Because in the Old Testament, you had to do all these things. But in the New Testament, you know, Jesus is here. And how does that work? Well, actually, if you look at the Old Testament, what they had was a sacrificial system that they brought the things to the temple to be sacrificed so that they could be forgiven of their sins. God was basically doing training wheels for the Messiah. He was going, listen, you are trusting that the Messiah is coming. And while you trust, you just have to bring a dove or an ox or something like that to sacrifice at the temple because I'm showing you that one day there will be a sacrifice that will be made for you. And look at how John writes this. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave his son as a propitiation for our sins. This is love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us. As you walk in this world, there will be a temptation and a lie that says you need to be perfect and then God will love you. You need to do the right things and then God will love you. You need to act the right way and then God will love you. But here in John, 1 John, he writes and he says, no, 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 you don't love him, he loved you. So if there's something I can give you this morning that if you just, you know, space out of everything else, first of all, you're missing a great sermon. But second of all, I want you to hear this. Jesus walks with you. That he is the sacrifice for you. There is a temptation for us to say, well, what do I have to do to earn this? And the answer is nothing. This is the greatest gift ever given. Don't mix, mix up your justification with your sanctification. Your justification, your righteousness before God, that's taken care of. 
Now your sanctification, we can work on that. That's something that we're going to keep working on until we return to the Lord or He returns to us. But if you miss everything else today, know this. You didn't earn God's love. He gave it to you in the sacrifice of His Son. And then finally, the ending of the Gospel of John. So we've been talking about 1 John, but now let's talk about the Gospel of John. He writes this, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Now, first of all, I love this as an author. Because he goes, listen, we couldn't fit it all in here. But I love verse 31. But these are written so that you may believe in Jesus, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. As you walk, you will grow weary. That is, that is a promise of Jesus. Earlier in the book of John, he says, in this world you will have trouble. I hate that promise. I want Jesus to reword that. I want in this world you will have donuts. Thanks, Jesus. In this world you will not have to worry. In this world you will eat a pizza. And it won't do anything. Jesus, you're the best. No, in this world you will have trouble. That is a promise from our Savior. In this world you will have trouble. And it's so interesting because he says that and then we're surprised when trouble shows up. Now, hear me. I'm the most surprised. Like all the time, I go, now Lord, you told me to follow you. And now this bad thing has happened. And he goes, duh. I told you. But see, he doesn't end in in this world you will have trouble because he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. You will be weary. Sometimes you will just be physically tired. Take a nap. Like, this is full pastoral permission. Naps are good. Take them. If someone says, why are you taking a nap? You can say, my pastor said, I will sign something for you. We are physical and spiritual beings. Sometimes you just need a nap. But sometimes that weariness will be a weariness of soul that then mixes into your physical life. Have you ever had that moment where the weariness digs deeper than just like, man, I'm tired too. My soul is weary. These words are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have Oh, the Bible's verse isn't up there. Sorry. Life, sorry, there we go. That you may have life in his name. 
Also, I promise to never do that again during a sermon. I don't know what got into me there. One and done. That you may have life in his name. What do you do when you get weary? You go back to the word. Because the truth is, he's walking with you already. That as you walk, Jesus walks beside you. But the words are written so that you may have life. Listen, the reason, there are selfish reasons we want community groups to take off. We want to see the church grow. We want to see those things. But at its core, when Matt came up with this strengthening and encouraging disciples living the story of Jesus, we want to be in the Word together. I want to encourage you to find rhythms where daily, even if it's just a short piece, to be in the Word. In the back, we usually have um, some little devotionals that I'm immediately blanking on what they're called. Portals of prayer. Thank you. I was a kid. This is something done by our church body. So I've seen them since I was a kid. I'm like, those are foolish. You know what I love doing every morning now? Opening up portals of prayer. Because I'm old. But I love it. Because here someone has written a short five minutes for me to just start my day saying, I'm weary. Where do I go? for life. I go to the Word. So three things this morning. Know that you have a God whose peace does not end. Seek His peace. You have a God who gave His Son for you. Not that you had to earn it. He gave freely His Son as the propitiation for your sins. See, that's why they use the word. You're not going to forget it. And third, he has given you Scripture. And listen, you don't even have to carry around a heavy Bible anymore. You have an app. But spend time in that word because that is where you will find life. Because as you walk, you will grow tired. You will grow weary. Scriptures say even youths stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will be raised up as on eagles' wings. So as you walk, know Jesus walks with you. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks that we can be your people. That as we walk through this life, when we are full of energy and when we are weary, we know the good news that Jesus is with us. Lord, may your peace pass our understanding. May your sacrifice bring us joy in the gift of salvation. And Lord, may we cling and dive into your word to find life. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.